When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, if you're like, oh, I don't know, 80% of the uh, hobbyists out there, you tend to work pretty damn hard to make sure that you're doing all that you can, you know, for your fishes to keep them healthy and keep their environment stable and consistent, all that kind of stuff. Of course, on occasion, life gets busy, and you might have stretches of time where you're simply not able to take care of your aquarium or aquariums as perfectly as possible. Life happens, shit happens. With our botanical-focused natural aquariums, what happens when we, I don't know, say skip a water exchange or two or three or a filter media replacement if you're using it or if we can't feed as often as we used to or whatever? Is it a big problem? I mean, you have a tank filled with a significant amount of slowly decomposing leaves, botanicals, etc., which contribute to the bioload of the aquarium. That amount of material has to have some impact on water quality, right? It does, but not always in the way that you think. It's hardly scientific. It's more of like a common sense sort of thing. But if you're careful about how much botanical material you add in the first place and how quickly you add it, the impact of all this material is more of a positive, in my opinion. All additions of botanicals uh, to an existing aquarium need to be measured, deliberate, slow, and considerate. You need to observe your fish's reactions, monitor water chemistry, and stay alert to the changes and demands the botanicals are going to place on your aquarium. And they, and they will. There's no mystery here. Adding a ton of stuff, whatever it is, to any established aquarium creates environmental changes and impacts that can't be ignored. Again, are all these impacts necessarily bad? No, I don't think so. If you think about it, these materials also function as a substrate, a fuel of sorts for the growth of the beneficial bacteria, the biofilms, the fungal growth, and all the other microorganisms within the aquarium. And in my opinion, in my experience, when you add these things gradually and metho- you know, methodically, you, you can look at all this stuff as the biological power station for your tank, supporting a population of organisms which serve to break down more toxic compounds and substances via the nitrogen cycle. I think it's sort of analogous to the use of live rock in a reef aquarium. I've talked about that many times before. Live rock is considered, in some corners, has always been considered an essential component of a reef aquarium. Less so nowadays, I think if you look at it, live coral is more of doing the job of what live rock used to do. It's bringing biology to an otherwise sterile system. So I don't think that this is a perfect analogy in the modern reef aquarium context. However, Um, What we're talking about is something serving as a biological filtration substrate for the colonization of billions of bacteria. That's something I'd like to see some more, you know, research on in the botanical style aquarium realm, because I think there's a there there. So what are the implications for us? If our husbandry should, you know, slip up now and then, uh, we should forget to do a few things, get a little casual, get busy, whatever. Will all this botanical material continue to break down, keeping the water, you know, tinted? Uh, Sure. Will biofilms continue to colonize open surfaces? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Will water chemistry swing wildly? I don't think so. Will phosphate and nitrate accumulate rapidly? Will the aquarium descend into utter chaos and put your fishes in jeopardy? Or will it simply continue to function as usual? It's my belief that it will. I mean, when you think about it, the natural botanical style aquarium is sort of set up to replicate a habitat where all this stuff is taking place already. Uh, you know, leaves, seed pods, soils, all that stuff, are, it's more or less ephemeral in nature when it's in water. And these things are constantly breaking down in these environments. Decomposition, accumulation of epiphytic growth, and colonizations by various life forms is a continuous process. Now, I realize that an aquarium is not an open system and has different inputs and outputs, and that's fine. But for the sake of this little section of the habitat, the substrate, there are many functional analogies if you study it carefully. So how much more will things change by simply delaying water exchanges for several weeks, by not siphoning detritus at all? We've talked about that a lot, right? Will this really become sort of problem, some sort of problem? Or, you know, will bacteria, the fungal growth, and the other microorganisms and the crustaceans live uh, uh, their life as normal and continue to do what they do, breaking down organic waste and reproducing? I think that they will. So if, in your, if you're in one of those, I don't know, benign neglect phases in the operational cycle of your aquarium, you're burned out, it's summer, COVID's getting to you, you know, you're tired, you got a, a home improvement project going on that's uh, taking you away from concentrating on your aquariums. I don't know anybody in that situation. <clears throat> uh, let's say you're, you're not as uh, attentive as you used to be. I think personally that's the botanical materials, the, the, indeed the way you've set up your aquarium as a filter itself uh, acts as a sort of biological failsafe for your tank. So sure, botanical style natural aquariums are easy to maintain if you set them up and manage them correctly from the start. Obviously along the way, you know, leaves and other botanical materials will impart chemical compounds, including lignin, sugars, carbohydrates, cellulose, and of course those coveted human, humic acids and tannins and, you know, and that's, that's all understood. The important thing to ponder when using leaves and botanicals is that you're likely to see an initial burst of this stuff, of the desired and perhaps less desired compounds shortly after they're submerged in your aquarium. Over time, some of this stuff gets consumed or used. The extent and degree to which these compounds are imparted in the first place depends on numerous factors, environmental conditions, the age and condition of the leaves and the botanicals, the presence of shredders and grazers in your tank, the, you know, water temperature there's dozens and possible factors that we can only just begin to imagine and of course the extent of your preparation process and of course your microfauna population will adjust and grow according to the available food sources this is not some unusual you know rocket science revelation that's unique to botanical style aquariums it's the same thing we talked about in conventional aquariums when people add fishes you want your biofilter to build up the uh, nitrifying bacteria population to compensate for the increased waste brought on by more fishes. This is an analogous thing. Uh, however, uh, uh, you know, botanical styrocoriums are not entirely set in forget systems. However, they're capable of running relatively unattended if you apply common sense to them. In other words, if you don't overpopulate your tank, you don't feed excessive amounts of foods, you don't forget to engage in Regular maintenance once in a while. <laughs> I say once in a while, regular maintenance. That sounds kind of dumb. Let me, let, me, let me backtrack on that. If you don't forget to engage in regular maintenance, because I think that's important. We're not setting these tanks up to neglect. And by regular maintenance, I mean those water exchanges, uh, 
if you're using filter media, you know, replacing it now and again, etc. Be smart. You don't have to go crazy with this stuff, but I think you also don't have to worry if now and again you miss a water exchange or you don't siphon. Personally, I don't siphon much from my tanks at all. I just don't. People ask me about that a lot and they say, you know, what do you do with all the, the broken down leaves and blah, 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 and all that stuff that's on the bottom? It becomes part of the substrate. It becomes part of the environment of the fishes. And it's just honestly, in my experience, it's just never become an issue. And again, part of it is I think I've really adopted this attitude where you're making a mental shift. And I know I say this at the point where you want to bash me over the head with a katapa bark branch or something. But the, the point of this is that making that mental shift when you realize things breaking down in your tank and accumulating in your tank and, you know, fungal growths and all that stuff, it looks unconventional in this world of, you know, the nature, so-called nature aquarium or the diorama style aquarium where you see these pristine, perfect aquariums. Yeah, it looks dirty, but it's not. That's absolutely what nature looks like. And it's, again, it's just kind of programming yourself to understand this stuff. Again, this is not licensed to go in and neglect basic husbandry and, you know, stocking and taking care of your fishes. That's not what this is all about. But my point is that if you set up an aquarium to accommodate natural processes and you don't decapitate it by, you know, excessively siphoning out, you know, somebody's food source. We talked about this the other day, didn't we? You're going to have a tank that's essentially going to run itself for a period of time. Now, you have to do water exchanges in a closed ecosystem. And we could argue this to the point where we're blue in the face, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. We, We should always do water exchanges, whether it's, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, whatever your thing is, do it, do it consistently. But the point is, if you set your aquarium up to, you know, be optimized for these natural functions, I don't think you have to be as paranoid if you miss the occasional water exchange. In my experience of doing this, I've had periods of time where for whatever reason I got off my schedule. I'm I'm pretty fanatical, but there's been times when I've been traveling or, you know, busy with other projects or, or something that kept me away from just, you know, doing water exchanges or whatever for a period of time. My tanks did just fine. The important thing in any aquarium, I think, is to manage them sensibly, to not rush off headless making massive corrections when you think something's wrong, and to also accept and understand what's going on in your tank to begin with. That's a big part of it, sort of educating yourself when you start and realize what you're doing. If you look at botanical style aquariums as a style, I know that word style we talked about, it's kind of my fault, but if you look at it as a style of aquascaping, Yeah, you can set yourself up for vulnerabilities. If you look at it as a methodology or an approach to managing an aquarium in a more natural fashion, suddenly it's different because everything you do can be viewed in that context as opposed to just an aquascaping prop. And you don't have to worry about keeping it crystal clear and perfectly clean because you know nature's taking care of some of these things. Again, it's a very different orientation, but people ask me about this a lot. And they asked me, you know, how hard are these tanks to maintain? What do you worry about detritus? I mean, we've covered these things ad infinitum. We've covered them millions of times over the last, well, thousands of times over the last five or six years. But the point of point being that this is a system, this is an approach that is optimized to running itself if left alone for periods of time. Not a perfect thing, but it can happen. So the point is you don't need to go crazy. You just need to be smart, stay diligent, stay inquisitive, stay curious. 
stay methodical, stay habitual if you have to be, and stay engaged and always stay wet. Till next time, this is Scott Feldman from 10 and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the 10 